This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows. This week, Generation X. Today we're going to be working on developing a new area of your mind. Like muscles, say, just take a bit of work. The secret to all psychic power is being able to relax and concentrate. Hey, excuse me, Mrs. Frost. How are we supposed to relax and concentrate at the same time? Make believe you're playing with yourself, Kurt. <laughs> Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast located in the penile gland. Penile? God damn it. What's happening? Fine. That's good enough. I'm Luke here with my oh. co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? What, what, in the show was, what in the show was located in the penile gland? Not the penile gland. The penile gland. Oh, that makes more sense. Oh, from the brain stuff. <laughs> Not the deal. But our podcast... I got very worried for a second about what podcast I was on. Listen, our podcast is definitely located in the penile gland. Yeah. We all know it. Yeah. Oh, dear. All right, Jordan. <laughs> what's real? That was that's what's real. Your penis? No, Franny's here. Oh, <laughs> this is going great. Yeah, we'll edit most of this out. <laughs> yes, we're we're joined by a guest today. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Franny. Hi. Um. So since since you're new to us on the podcast, mm-hmm. I guess I I should ask you before we start. Do you have a, Do you have a history with uh, science fiction television? Mm, not a huge history. I was scared of the X Files. I was scared of the Twilight Zone. I was scared of the Outer <laughs> Limits. I loved though. But you watched them. They were around. I was a little bit young for them. They but they were on, and I watched kind of through my fingers a little bit. Okay. Um. But I really liked. Uh, x-men the cartoon that's perfect for this episode where we're watching generation x the uh, marvel marvel's early venture into television Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now i didn't know much about this failed pilot tv movie i mean other than being based on marvel comics and uh, jordan you're a comic expert (laughs) i'm always the comic expert which i don't think is true um so what did you know do you know anything about generation x like what what is generation x vaguely i think it's just this was the time if I'm not mistaken, where X-Men was just doing so well that they just had to keep making X-Men comics. So it's like just different iterations of X-Men. And there's also like 86 of them. So like they're a team, they're a team, they're a team. And now someone can correct me. I think this was just like the young hip version of like the up and comers. Yes. I did a lot of Wikipedia research. Did you really? Well, you probably yes. know more than me. It's very close. Uh, basically, they wanted like a, tw- a teen's team and difference from the show the uh, in the comics this group of folks were actually in <laughs> massachusetts um not with the xavier not xavier school. school for the gifted yeah so i mean they're barely in the school in this thing and the, the school the, why is I, I it's not only a school. kids it's it's like i would argue they're in the school almost the whole time <laughs> yeah well no but i mean no but it's not a school there's no other students a school. No, there's six students that's it no still a school <laughs> It's like a weird tiny cabin, but also the biggest compound I've ever seen. And can we mention that I knew right away, without looking it up, that this was shot in Canada. Oh, me too! Yeah. I have a lot of notes about yeah. Canada. So it was shot in two places, Vancouver and, weirdly, Brampton, Ontario. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to shoot in Canada, you want to go to both sides. Yeah. <laughs> it was... Anyways, it just... It sort of had the look of, at one time, was your classic Canadian look, which really was bad lighting, bad acting bad shot choices just bad tv no it's not it's not like that now but there was a time where you could almost just spot it right away you're like oh look a dutch angle 
Look at that. Canadian TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it was broadcast on February 20th, 1996. And uh, it was obviously originally intended to be a TV series. You had mentioned this before we got on the air. Mm-hmm. It was intended to run after the X-Files. Oh. <gasps> it was supposed to be a companion Gasp. to the X-Files. Wow, terrible. Hence why you said the X in the Generation X graphic looks like the... Uh, oh, so it was on purpose. Well, I mean, the intention originally was there for it to be paired. I think they created it. The pilot decided it wasn't going to go to series. And then another part, part of Wikipedia mentioned to me that they actually put this TV movie out because they were testing the waters of maybe making it like a series of TV movies mm. instead. And unfortunately, the ratings just weren't there. So they, they ended up abandoning the entire project. So did you say unfortunately the ratings <laughs> were there? Unfortunately. Unfortunately, <laughs> <Yeah>. they weren't there. <laughs> Mysteriously. As I do before we get into these, I did a little looking into what was happening in the world around the time the show came out. In 1996. 1996, February 20th. Uh, not a lot, but I'll give you two facts. Yeah, not a lot was happening. Not, not a lot. Facts. Because this is such a specific day, it's always hard to yeah. find things that happened on that day. Oh, I see. Um, so one person was born the day afterward. I'm never going to know who this person is. Sophie Turner. Oh. Who's that? Jordan. Which really? one? Is, wait, well, I don't know who that is. She's a famous redhead. I feel like that would That's matter me? to you. That matters to me? <laughs> yeah. She uh, she played Jean Grey in the new X-Men movies. Oh, oh, the, the Game of Thrones girl. Yes, that's mm-hmm. right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. No, it's fine. It's good. What did she do in the 1960s? Nothing. How am I supposed to know who she is? <laughs> and um, one thing that matters to us on Continuum Drag... This aired during Space Boom Beyond. Oh, Space Boom Beyond. Yeah, I believe it happened a couple day a couple days before this was uh, the episode Toy Soldiers. What a difference in quality of two things on TV, huh? Well, I mean, this episode that aired was that one where Wes's little brother gets killed on that planet. Oh, yeah, that was not a great that episode. That was a bad episode. <laughs> Still, though, much better show. Much better show? All right, let's find out. Here's no, the no, we're I'm- not finding out. It's here, a much, much better here, show. Here's the IMDb summary for Generation X. The new teenage students at a school for mutants, bracket, normal-looking humans with fantastic powers, end bracket, <laughs> tried to stop an evil scientist from controlling the world's dreams. That was courtesy of Dave Smith. It really is tough being one of those mutants that don't look normal, huh? We'll get into it, but there's this introduction here where we see a mutant on a table, like his brain chopped out, and he's got a weird snake hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just one snake hand, right? Snake hand? Well, Snakes don't have hands. Hand like a snake? Hand like a snake? <laughs> snake hand. <laughs> Lizard hand. <laughs> Scaly like, hands. That was perhaps an unnecessary <laughs> <laughs> um, but, Excuse me, everyone. I just want to point out snakes don't have hands. <laughs> Slam the door. Am I the out. only scientist here? <laughs> but yes, this sort of leads us into the show. We get a little uh, quick establisher of, you know, explaining what X-Men are as they do at the beginning of almost every movie where they're just like, it's an illegal genetic condition. It happens when you're a teenager. It's in your brain. Yeah. The, yeah. X, the X factor is in your brain, which I like that as a disease. It's the X factor. X factor. Yeah. Hey, you know, you got kid, you got the X factor. Isn't it weird, though, that all these shows always need to have a title screen uh, to explain things? It's like, we'll be able yeah. to catch up, catch up. Yeah, it was un- extremely unnecessary. But I feel that you're, you've missed almost the most important thing that was the first thing I noticed is that it was an hour and 27 minutes long. <laughs> I immediately <laughs> opened it and was shocked. That it was that long? Why did it need to be that long? Uh, it needs to be a movie length. Oh. Yeah, they need to fit everything in. But yes, uh, we go into sort of a intro, a cold open to the show where we meet our villain, uh, Russell Thresh, uh, played by Canadian genre actor royalty, Matt Frewer. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I like him. He's a good actor. This per- particular acting choice... Was his best of all time? Well, here's, here's the theory. 
I think he was doing Jim Carrey. Okay, this is And my... I think not only that, I think he was doing Jim Carrey from Batman Returns. As the Riddler. As the Riddler. This is my first thesis. He's 100% doing it. They have the exact same plot. They're yes. like stealing dreams. Yes! Everything is the, is the same. Plot He's of wearing big... Batman? Yes. Batman Returns. Uh, Batman uh, Forever. Yes subconsciously ha- yeah. it's the same thing that's completely. very funny and yeah. he's also it, wearing big colorful zoot suits a la the mask 1994 yeah they, Ooh, it was uh, it's, it's a bit of Brewer or Brewer. yes it's a bit of jim carrey's greatest hits not done by jim carrey yes it's it's a love letter to jim carrey it's which I, I thought was very sweet but I, also I, horrifying i definitely agree there's a huge jim carrey influence here i also think as as you said there's a, a plot about stealing dreams mm-hmm I'm willing to bet there's a Freddy Krueger Freddy Krueger influence here as well. Hmm. Maybe. Because when we go into the dream world much later on, there's like the whole set design looks like Freddy Krueger's boilers and like like the flame shooting up there. Hmm. And the director directed Freddy Krueger too. Oh, you know what I also noticed? I looked through his credits. This <laughs> the director directed an inordinate amount of sequels. Not the first movie, but that he's got like maybe four or five just sequels. Yeah. So he's the guy when something's, you know. <laughs> Something's not going going right, but like we got a little more juice left here. Yeah, I do think he was partly hired because of the dream thing. Because there's a Freddy Krueger vibe to a lot of the dream sequences too, and even just like some of the superhero powers. Like I feel like that is why he was brought. On. Maybe because mm. it felt very aesthetically similar. Either way, he nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Matt Frewer is. Uh, basically about to do surgery on this uh, snake-armed mutant trying to take out his brain when he's uh, interrupted by the hospital staff led by Emma Frost, famous yeah. mutant. Yeah. I did not know who this character was at first, even though I really liked uh, X-Men. And so at first, my one of my first notes is, did they make a white storm? I was furious when, for a good when that minute. Had, wouldn't that have been a great decision? <laughs> well, they made a white jubilee. I yeah. mean, they did do make a white yeah. jubilee, so it yeah. wouldn't have been out of the question. No, but that's what would be funny. They just were like, everyone was white? <laughs> just whitewashed the yeah. whole cast. Yes, I was very prepared for that to be happening. Well, I mean, at least Emma Frost's opening scene gets to wear clothes she can walk in. Okay, one of my notes is also, did, did this character, like as a character, I know the actor did not choose their own clothes. Are we supposed to expect that Emma Frost actually chose these outfits? Because she cannot move. Well, what it is, is the character in the comics wears, you know. Well, yeah. Describe the costume that she's wearing. It's kind of like a corset outfit, really push-up bra Mm -hmm. thing. but With with, no straps, super low cut. Yeah. It's obviously trying to show off cleavage in her figure. But I do think it's supposed to be like it is in the comics, which unfortunately are, you know, unrealistic bodies drawn by mostly men in a very tintillating Scintillating, whatever the word is. Scintillating. That's the word. <laughs> Scintillating? Titillating. Yeah, titillating. Titillating. In a titillating way? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyways. Get your penile out of this. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Get that gland in there. They're trying to do that. I guess. I mean, it, it's, it's, I mean, it, yeah. it, it is what it is, they're, but they're I mean, I'm not saying it's Trying good. to capture the costume, because that for the rest of the show, she will be in that sort of corset outfit with huge thigh-high boots with the heels. Like, having yes. to watch her walk up downstairs, you can oh just watch the poor actress just struggling in this outfit. She And she's working hard. Yeah. She, she is trying. She is she is doing she, her job. Mm-hmm. She's acting through what is clearly, like, an impossible outfit to work in. Yes, those bangs. She's got a lot. She's got a lot to manage. I wasn't sure if that was a wig for a long time. Yeah, I oh, agree. yeah, it's a wig. It has to be. Yeah. God bless it's her. It's just the, the craziest, blondest wig. It was wild. But, yes... Why you think she might be Storm is because after she saves this mutant from getting like his brain taken out. Yes. Well, he's wide awake being like, woo. Like, well, he's the bad guy. He doesn't care if they're wide awake. I know. I just need to point out that this child is wide awake. The uh, the government busts in. They they take 
the mutant away because he's broken the mutant the mutant act what is it the uh i think i wrote it down here do you remember jordan what do they call those things yeah mutant act sure <laughs> thanks jordan <laughs> yeah <You're real> helpful. <laughs> um and they she's just like well what about our villain uh russell here and they're like well uh, you know i guess he's just fired they don't they don't want to really punish him mm-hmm. so she gets really angry and starts what looks like kicking up a storm of some sort like they're yes. just lightning and wind blowing wind wind right at him and then she just kind of like storms out and that's that's the end of our cold open where we're like okay he lost his job and he gives her a look like that won't be the end of me <laughs> you know it's true well we know because there's still an hour and 20 minutes to go. <laughs> yeah yeah yes yeah um, I, I have to say I've, I've mentioned this on a lot of uh shows but i checked the time on how long this was every few minutes absolutely that's why it was the first thing I, I saw the title yeah. card and was like, hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and was shocked. So yeah. uh, we jump forward five years. And this is where we meet our first mutant, uh, a mutant named Angelo Espinosa. And later on in the show, they'll give him a superhero name out of nowhere. No one's mentioned it before, but they just start calling him Skin midway through the episode. Yeah. yeah. Which apparently is his actual X-Men name in the, in the comics. That's yeah. not a good name, though. Terrible name. Terrible name. Can you imagine like one guy gets... Cyclops. Yes. So we get Storm. Wolverine, what are you? Skin. Yes. Well, in the Wikipedia description that I read, it said that his power, I guess, amongst the group was largely described as a curse. Terrible. Everyone right. thought his power was bad. Well, do you want to describe what his powers on the show are? Stretchy. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He can stretch his arms. Oh, well, actually, it, it's weird because I guess it's just his skin. They never really mention if it's his bones. I'm assuming not. They're not breaking. It, it must be but because his arm often is stretched quite elongated. Right. He's screaming, but they're not breaking. It seems to be painful to stretch yourself. Mm-hmm. But he is basically a, a human stretch Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, when we meet him, he's preparing to leave for Xavier's school for the gifted. Uh, his family's saying goodbye. And as, as the truck drives away, his little sister won't let go of his hand because she's so <laughs> distraught. And we get our first shot of his arms stretching very long across the city block. At she first, is I, not distraught. She is no. grinning like a devil. I, I, I thought at first she was just trying to be mean. Yeah, I think she's I, being a jerk. I think it was think written for her mutinist. to be distraught. But I think you're right. I think in the end, the actress decided to play it as a jerk. <laughs> I think she's mutinist. Mutinist? Yeah. Mean to mutants. All right. All right. That's a good word. <laughs> I would have liked the arm, though, to snap back and then make like a... <laughs> I was noise. genuinely expecting there to be something There's like not. that. But I guess the uh, special effects could only be so special. Well, we jump for him there. Let's let's meet our second mutant here, Jubilation Lee, <sighs> otherwise known as Jubilee. Fun fact, I had no idea that was her actual her name. I didn't know either. But uh, as we mentioned, whitewashed for the purposes yeah. of this show. Mm-hmm. But when we meet her, she's uh, she's playing uh, Sega's classic arcade game, Virtual Fighter, with uh, a product place that will run throughout the entire episode for Virtual Fighter for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you notice, though, by the way, while she's playing, in one of the cuts, in, this is just such a nerdy thing, in one of the cuts, it's clearly just the um, uh, the menu screen. I did notice that. Yeah. <laughs> did, you no- did you notice one of the cutaways? There's uh, an X-Men arcade game in the background. <laughs> I did notice. I thought that was uh, very amusing. I can notice that because I'm not playing paying attention to the plot at all. Right, right. Just looking for something to entertain me. Um, her her power is exposed in this public place when a subliminal message from uh, from our old villain uh, Russell's played on the on the arcade game. I'm not going to get Russell right now. We're going to circle back to him a little bit later, just because there's his plot runs sort of parallel and unimportant to most of the mutants in this. <laughs> but uh, this this subliminal messages causes her to play the game faster and harder. 
I didn't know if it and was having any effect. It just was watching his like floating head yeah, going no, like, play the video game. I think what happened with her is that she actually saw it and was like, that's weird and disregarded it. Because at some point later. But then she starts playing like in fast motion. But I think just from her own. That was her preference. I think she was like, <laughs> I hate this person's face. I'm going to play more. I'm going to play harder. I'm going to play, play him away maybe. play. They do They do say later that play the, she did rhyme. notice. <laughs> they do say later she did notice his face. and so Play the fray away. His name's Freyer. Did I get it? Uh, Thresh? Yeah. Russell Thresh? <laughs> no, it's the actor's name. Isn't it Matt Freer? Oh, Matt Freer. 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 That was so close to being very good. I was like, what are, what are we talking about here? <laughs> Sorry, go on. I got distracted by my own joke. At any rate, uh, she's playing faster. Everyone in the bar starts noticing. They're like, hey, look at this lady. She can play awfully fast. Security starts coming because they're like, well, if you can play that fast, you must be a mutant. There's a bit yeah. of a chase. She uses her Jubilee power, which is... Fireworks! The worst of all. Yeah, they have to stop trying to make Jubilee happen because she's got the worst power ever. It's, it's terrible. terrible. Although I did appreciate that they called her out on it in this one. Yeah. But here's the thing. What would you rather have? Fireworks? Stretchy skin? Mm, stretchy skin if I wasn't being bullied like this kid was. Like a cool person with stretchy skin would be all right. Luke? Yeah, ma- uh, stretchy skin? Imagine what you could do with it. Jordan, imagine. <laughs> I'm imagining it right now. <laughs> I could reach over right now through the doorway. Pet the cat. Oh, that's a petting motion. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like a mysterious tickle. <laughs> she loves belly rubs. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, she she shoots off her powers and tries to disrupt security guards. It obviously doesn't work because Jubilee's powers are garbage. Garbage at best. She's she's arrested as an unregistered mutant, and uh, her her mom arrives, and they have a they have a quick little like battle with uh, her mother and her have a weird like tension, which is just I guess too give us some sort of uh, tension for her family but essentially she's going to be shipped off to a uh, mutant internment camp and uh it's going to be the end of jubilee if not for the fact that the computer cerebro picks up on her arrest they have a really weird version of what they want cerebro to be and it's not always consistent yeah it seems to be like a police scanner slash also a home security system Slash also a dream maker. <laughs> well, that's not Cerebro. No, that was a different magic chair. I thought it was it? all one and the same. No. No, 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 I thought it was all connected, though. It's not connected? No. Yeah, well, so what I know. You have to, your punishment is you have to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, anything about that. I'll, t- I'll take Jubilee's powers instead. Cerebro. Cerebro uh, the worst. Cerebro uh, catches that Jubilee's been uh, arrested. A mutant a mutant going to the mutant current ca- uh, uh, intern ca- internment camp there we go mm-hmm. and uh it wakes up emma frost at the uh, xavier school for the gifted um when we find her soft lit in a flowing white nightgown in a romance novel for post bed mm-hmm. yeah i wrote that because uh, i didn't know who it was emma frost at this point so i just wrote storm in quotes is a fembot in a bedroom full of wall-sized computers that was fembot. one of the yeah she, she was like a, a fembot a little robot little plasticky robot little plastic well fair enough yeah, i mean she had the same outfit on <laughs> as a plasticky robot mm-hmm. uh yes this wakes her up and she needs a and she goes and wakes up our, our our next mutant character sean cassidy never referred to as this in the in the show but i guess his his name is banshee in the comics yeah. yep. and the worst irish accent i've maybe ever heard and I, not only that fun fact he also played banshee in the cartoon also doing this Irish accent. So someone listened and said, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's Irish. That makes more sense to me because it is a cartoon accent. Like it is cartoonishly, outrageously yeah. wild. It's like if you just grab someone on the street and said, do an Irish person, 
that's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Like there was very little effort put into this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, what is what is Banshee's power? Uh, he can, I guess it's supposed to be yelling. It's, uh, some sort of projection of his voice that also blows people over. It's everyone's everyone's sonic, power blows people. It's a sonic scream. Sonic scream. Yeah. I love that band. There we go. There the, we go. The early stuff. His bedroom. I was really struck by these bedrooms and I was quite disappointed they didn't come up again. I, but yours is weird though. Is this the, where she comes into him in bed? She comes into his room and his bedroom is like in the middle of a room. There's a giant fireplace. I have a question. Was his room, I thought he was sleeping on a couch in her bedroom. No. No, I, no. It's his own room. He has like... A Game of Thrones style theme bedroom. Uh, okay. Quite prescient of him, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was very weird. As, as she wakes him up, and um, I guess because she's a mind reader, she tells him, I guess he's having a sex dream about her, and she's just like, I'm better in real life. When he, It was really weird. Okay, this is my second thesis. My first is that Russell Trench is the Riddler, and my second is just that nobody in this program or in specifically in this school can get out without being uh sexually unscathed well in a th- there's something this show has a desperation to be cool and how it comes across is weird kind of sex jokes and people being sarcastic but nothing lands ever so you get a lot of really it, it felt like very 90s like this is yes. very 90 everything is designed to be very every, everyone's like a little a little smarmy yeah. A little a little jokey about sex, like because everyone is cool. Yes. Cool, everybody. But this show's not cool. Make no make no mistake. It was very uncomfortable. There are a lot of I noted every single one of them. There are a lot of times when people had to like escape from scary sexual situations that were <laughs> not good. The children are being abused. But it was the nineties. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> good. I have a question though, because after she sort of wakes him up and like comments on the fact that I guess he's having some sort of dream about her, he turns to her and says Hey, you're the one who invited invaded my mind and brought me here. And I was like, what does that mean? I think it's to the school. Like I think from the comics, they become the leaders of this thing and I think it's through her. So he's there against as well. I think everyone there is trapped in Who's some way. But yes, anyway, uh, she says they got to go get Jubilee and... Um, oh, either that or I just, sorry, had an other version. Or he's just completely slut-shaming her and being like, you're so sexy that I couldn't... How can I not have a sex dream? I think either he's saying he's a captive of the school or he blames her for being attracted. For being attracted to her. Two readings from the same person. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings. Which could it be? It. Which could it be? <laughs> Mine was the writers is like typing real fast, like, this is the best ever. Next page, <laughs> this is the best ever. That's it. There was not much thought put into it. I mean, they head out to get Jubilee now, and he's just like, all right, I'll get dressed. Uh, I'll be out there soon. And she's like, well, I'm already dressed in my nightgown. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) And uh, we sort of follow them as they they head to the police station. And out in the dark streets in front of the police station, they stop Jubilee's mom and say, hey, can we have your daughter? She turns to them and says, what? And she's like, you don't want to go to an intern camp, do you? Internment camp, do you? And they're like, I don't want her to go to a strip club either. Yeah, she really was rude to Emma's. But but she lets she lets them she lets them take her begrudgingly. Yeah, I didn't think it was that begrudging. It was pretty begrudging. She did not like. Twice she says, "You want me to give my daughter to two strangers who just stopped me on a dark street?" And they're like, "Yes, yes, please." Sure, she did say no a bunch, but the next scene is them taking her. They were just persistent. They're very persistent. They says, "Give us your daughter." Yeah, give us your daughter. Well, it's because the message of the whole show. Try hard. No, give Give us us your daughter. Give us your daughters, and we're gonna assault Hmm. them i feel like it was a theme Hmm, that's a terrible terrible theme i know it was bad (laughs) (laughs) i'm not condoning it then they uh they have to go get her out so they use emma 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 frost's mind powers to get past the police what what were the officer names 
Jordan, you know. You were so happy when it happened. Officers your Hoot- favorite band. Yeah, yeah, my favorite band. Officers Hootie and Blowfish. Now, <laughs> yeah. if there's any joke in this show that has not aged well, it's that one. Like no that, one, no one, no one in 2019 knows who Hootie and the Blowfish that are. That one made me laugh the hardest. And my it, question was, was this funny at the time? No, they were already, they were already out. This is well, this is probably when Friends is making these Hootie and the Blowfish jokes at the same time. Are they? Oh, did Friends make a lot of Hootie and Blowfish jokes? I believe one of them dated Hootie and the Blowfish. They went to on a the concert, show for sure. There was a Hootie theme with Friends. Hmm. Yeah. They were very popular at the time. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but yes, they they uh, they get her out of jail and. Um, She's also doesn't really want to go, but they're just like, come with us. And yeah. she gives in very quickly and uh, they take off. They're driving to the academy. But first they have to do a quick stop in the middle of the night and uh, pick up old Angela so he can join them. Yeah. Wasn't he in a car going somewhere? I, I guess, didn't understand this handoff. I guess you're not allowed to go to the school. You have to drop your kid off with strangers and some sort of bus stop. I did like, though, they pull up and Angela and Jubilee meet each other. I don't think they say a word to each other. They just look at each other and they are horny as fuck for each other. I disagree strongly, but that's interesting. <laughs> they both look at each other and they're both like, okay. I think he is. I think she was like, I've been kidnapped. My parents have been No, no, me. no. She was way into it. I don't think so. I disagree. I We have to rewatch. Second time I call for a rewatching. <laughs> yeah. I uh, refuse to rewatch it and uh, give no opinion. I did also write, I wish I'd written down the actual line, but Emma Frost at one point when she's describing Jubilee validates again that fireworks is the worst power. Well, they, uh, I believe the description of her powers specifically are spontaneous emissions of luminescent discharge and latent telepathic ability. Yes. Spontaneous <laughs> luminescent I'm discharge. I'm just telling you, you don't want your X-Men power to be listed as discharge. <laughs> That's not impressive. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. Truly, it's truly not. Um, they arrive. They arrive at the school finally, and uh, it's the same mansion used in the X Men films. That's true. Which is, I'm impressed that mansion has been used so often. It's a good looking mansion, and mm-hmm. specifically for X Men films too. There's like the, we we found it. We found the school. However, mm-hmm. it is a great set piece, and it looks great. Mm-hmm. But because it looks so good, and because it has, uh, it seems so cavernous and so. Uh, three-dimensional and so deep and so multifaceted it just makes you notice so much more how empty it is yeah i mean what we're gonna see here is there are really only eight people in the entire building and it does feel that way it feels very empty yeah but the first thing they do before they get to introduce the rest of the students is uh you need to be sort of checked into school you got to be scanned into cerebro so uh, you can be processed in the school this includes one retina scan and one completely nude body scan (laughs) Yeah. yeah, that was weird, right? Absolutely. I actually I actually thought they were still doing the retinal scan. So my note was, wait, why did you have to take your clothes off for the retinal scan? Yes. I mean, that was like, the first experience of children. We've all had this happen to us <laughs> where we went for a retinal scan. Well, <laughs> Jubilee, to be fair, they're like, Jubilee, go stand behind that screen. That's where it happens. And they're like, don't worry, no one can see you. But then Emma Frost comes in and just stands there as she takes off her shirt and just yes. stares at her breasts. And also, right and also what's his name? Ronaldo? Uh, Angelo. Skin? Angelo. Skin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, skin. He's also pervin. Well, Absolutely. He's a perv from day one. Well, Skin's though, Skin's over there. He's a teenage boy. He's like, oh, she's naked kid over there. And he's smiling. And Emma turns to him and says, you're next handsome. Yes. So every, yeah. everyone gets a, the, uh, Emma, Emma gets to take a peek at what everyone's packing. <laughs> everyone is abused in this place. Yeah. The first thing they do is strip them down. And nobody's like, yo, can you... Even her like comment on him is... Gr- it's such a gross way to correct that behavior. It's a wild time in 1996. <laughs> oh, it's horrifying. <laughs> um, then we get finally meet the rest of this class. And they're all playing football outside. And let's, let's run through them all one by one. There's Arlie Hicks 
who in the comic is known as Buff. Actually, yes. that's not true. She was created for this show. So she's not even in the comics. No one ever calls her Buff, but somehow people know her superhero name is Buff. Mm-hmm. I, I, let me just say later on when you see why she's called that, I love it. Well, let's mm-hmm. talk about it. She's a teenage girl. She's always wearing baggy clothes and she's embarrassed by her body. And that is because what is her superpower, Jordan? Um, she's super muscular. Yep. She has, mm-hmm. when she takes off her shirt at some point, they swap her body out for a huge female bodybuilder who does not match her body at yeah, all. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. look, it, whatever. It is what it is. They, they want to have that kind of reveal. It's a bad edit. And also the girl they pick to play the part is a very petite girl. She's tiny. Who, mm-hmm. Like you can tell she's petite and tiny through her clothing. But then it's like, it's, it almost was like a naked gun-esque sort of edit. You know what I mean? Like she takes yeah. off her top and it's like a super muscular person. Yeah, and then that's all my notes are just like how funny this would have been if they just kept these naked gun jokes going. But <laughs> anyway. Uh, next we have Mondo who gets no further naming. His name is just Mondo. Mm-hmm. Which one was he? He's the uh, sort of alpha teen boy who's always, who's always looking to pick a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's gross. Um, and yeah. what, are, what are his powers? Is he the one that looks like he's from Everclear? What is Everclear? No. Or the band from the 90s? No. <laughs> no, I don't no. That's not who we're talking about. Oh, we're not talking about sunglasses everywhere. No, we're not the other one. No, we're talking about Weird Jock. Mondo. No oh, Mondo. His power is um, he touches something and he becomes like as strong as it. Yeah. So he, it's like, hey, I touch wood. I'm as strong as wood. I touched a rock. I'm as strong as rock. That's his thing, right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, he hates jello because if he touches jello, mm-hmm. he becomes jello. He becomes jello. <laughs> Which so stupid. We they could have shown us. Somebody should have pranked that kid. I'm sure in the future episodes there would have been hilarious pranks. I hope so. Um, cotton balls. We then get to meet uh, <laughs> cotton balls, just real soft and cuddly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we next meet Monet Saint Croix, otherwise known as M. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's sort of the queen bee type around this high school. She is. And what are her powers? What aren't her powers? I've written them all down here, but let's see what which ones you can get. I know she's really strong. Super genius. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. She goes on and on She's about it. She's got a million it. things. Super ego. Am I right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she, invulnerable. Yeah. Some, she had a level. There's a ranking of her invulnerability. She's, She's high. She has advanced brain function, high density, <laughs> high density <laughs> skeletal mass, superior tissue and endochromy. I'm not saying that right. Uh, immune to all known viral and bacterial entities, level eight invincibility, mm-hmm. and high dynamic thermal repulsion. Wow. What was the one about her density? Go on fire. It's great. Her she was bragging about her bone density. She's got such yeah. good bone density. I think she's saying she has like she drinks metal. a lot of milk. Yeah, her calcium's way up there. It's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I read a lot about her in Wikipedia, and her storylines are bananas. Really? I believe. Uh, yeah, I read about her. She's uh, she's one of the uh, first Muslim superheroes. Yeah, interesting that there was zero reference to that in this show. I would wonder if maybe at this point in the X-Men comics, it may not have been true yet. I don't know. I mean, she was she was from, she was like an international student in the in the comics. Could so be. I think in the comics it was. Could reference. be. There was no time. There was no time in this hour and a half movie to establish that. <laughs> she she, she is. added to her giant list. She is the smallest character. Like, yes. We, we will see her very, very mm-hmm. little of her over the course of it because they have to sort of pick and choose on this ensemble. And she is certainly one of the people who is side, sidelined a little. It's true. And a final student is uh, Kurt... Pastorius, otherwise known as Refrax. Yeah, terrible name. <laughs> He's the uh, guy from Everclear. Yes, he looks like, th- I said he looked like the lead singer from Offspring. Mm. Oh, there is one or the other. He's mm-hmm. bleach blonde, spiked hair, always wearing sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And what are his powers? Uh, sexual predator. <laughs> wow. He that's wants a, to that's see a... through girls' clothes. Well, he specifically is talking about his x-ray and that's a major plot point later. Well, it, he is a high school boy. That is yeah. not no, an excuse. No, no, I'm not saying it's an excuse. <laughs> and he 
he does say when his powers come in, he may have the ability to uh, to look yes, through people's clothes. <laughs> On this audio medium, Jordan's showing us visual references. <laughs> I want everyone to see what Everclear looks like. Everyone can see it, and we all agree. <laughs> um, but yes, he, his powers are, at this point in the show, he can milk glass with his eyes. Yeah. So I guess he kind of has like a cyclopsy kind of thing. Going yeah. On. I thought he was going to be a little junior cyclops and he wasn't. No. I was disappointed. And there's some sort of basically they have a theory that at some point when his powers get started, he will be able to like see through things like he maybe have some sort of x-ray skill. But at this point, he, he has not been able to like hone that. He's skill got yet. good eyeballs. He's mm-hmm. got great eyeballs. Mm-hmm. So I protect them with sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Day Never and them night. Out. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't let those puppies out. <laughs> Um, but yes, it, it's here they have their sort of first meeting on this football field, and there's a lot of there's a lot of teen posturing. Everybody's like kind of standing up to each other and like trying to see who the who the big man on campus is. Yeah, which they ask by I wrote this line down. So Mondo's like tough tough guy, and uh, Skin and Jubilee are new, and he asks um, Skin in like such a tough voice, "What's your dazzle?" And me dazzle is the most threatening I've ever heard the word dazzle in my life. Some good slang. What's your dazzle? Should we change? Uh, uh, what's, what's real? Th- what's real? To what's your dazzle? Do you not even remember what happens on this podcast? <laughs> Sorry, I can't remember. <laughs> you, we have issues. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll start off with Jordan. What's your dazzle? And then you can ignore it as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jordan. I'm I'm needling you too much. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> All right. Um, but yes, this kind of starts off there. There's there's a little bit of tension there and. Let's sort of talk about what the day-to-day life at this mutant academy is. I'm going to break it down to a few things. We see these over the course of several scenes, kind of what what life is like at the academy. The students get to learn how to use Cerebro. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're responsible apparently for processing data that is part of their yeah. school training. I would say yeah. get to use is a kind way of putting it. It seems like they are mandatory, like forced <laughs> slave labor, labor. Yeah. slave yeah. labor to be security guards after. Six hours yeah. of being to in the building. Be security guard and log data as it comes in. Yes. We'll see a moment where they do a they do a bit of a training simulation where they fake an intrusion uh, while Skin's using the computer and like they're like, everybody's dead. They're coming for you. And then someone puts a gun to his head and then yeah. it pulls out and it's just like, oh, this is just a training simulation. We're just seeing if you're any good with the computer. Yeah. My question was, what was the computer? What was he going to do about that at the like? I didn't understand what he was supposed to do. They just wanted a training sequence. Just want to stick a gun on his head. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was showing, it was to show him that he didn't know how to do it yet. And like, obviously he was like, it's day two, man. Like, yeah, yeah I, I, failed. Just, I just got here. Of course here. I failed. I just, like, you really didn't know how to use it. And he was like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Point proven. Well, I mean, and you're, I'm sure going to go through this, but what we kind of established, I never understood what they're learning at all like is mm. this supposed to be a real school or is it a specific school for their powers because they kind of imply it's, it's the latter bit but of... they all have different powers so why yeah. do they have other mutants who have different powers teaching them how... i was like this doesn't make any sense no. um who's funding this school <laughs> My, i wrote down where's the funding i agree yeah well xavier's not there <laughs> no i know clearly he's not he's on vacation <laughs> he's on vacation this whole episode he's taking everyone else with him <laughs> yeah. yeah all the characters you know love oh they're on vacation it's very strange don't worry jubilee's here well, you speak about training <laughs> their powers, sort of. And now, I'm not sure if this is supposed to be a stand-in for the Danger Room, perhaps. The classic Danger Room for the X-Men comics. But we cut to a point where they're all like doing physical workouts. Like someone's in a gyroscope just flipping around. Yeah. There's like <laughs> climbing walls as far as the eye can see. No, oh, that climbing gym got a lot of use. <laughs> and I just was just like, I guess this is kind of their... Was that, was that a joke? <laughs> no! Yes, it was a joke that it was in the movie. I'm just yeah. laughing hysterically at how many scenes they were in a climbing gym. 
Yeah. At one point, they'd like traveled through time and space via climbing gym. <laughs> they need it. <laughs> it's a big, it's big gathering space. You can't <laughs> fit everybody in there. But yes, I'm only laughing in a gym. Uh, did you did you like when we get to see Mondo's powers working while he's climbing the uh, climbing yeah. the wall? That's one of the greatest moments of this show. Well, it was weird because you correct me if I'm wrong. He's climbing. He's climbing and, the climbing wall, yeah. and then someone just fling, flings like a log at him. He, tr- he trips a trap. Oh, is that what it was? Oh. And then it is it is like a uh, you know classic forest trap a log on yeah. two ropes that swings out at you on like Endor <laughs> it's or something. A, it's a Kevin McAllister sort of trap. <laughs> yes. But what I love about it is the how they set up the shot is you you see a log coming, then you see the actor in close up turn his head to look at it and they hit him in the face with a log <laughs> and then they cut to a wide shot and the log explodes. But in that close up, someone threw a log at his face. <laughs> like you'd think they'd like have it hit his body or something. So he can whatever he touches, he yeah. can he can be as strong as that. So he grabbed the rock just before it hit him. Ah, uh, oh. so you know what you know what I actually thought. Kurt and I are dumb. Yeah, I we're both dumb. <laughs> I actually thought is soon that split second where the wood touched him, he oh, also he became wood, wood and hard. it broke the wood. You thought that too, right? Yes. And I was like, why? <laughs> yeah. Why? I was like, why is that wooden wood stronger than the other wood? <laughs> no, no. You, you, it's one birch. You get to see him grab a piece of rock. So he's like, oh, you're, oh. Supposed, to, you're supposed to gather. He's become rock. Well, I don't know. Of, of the Oopsie. three of us, two of us didn't think that. So Oopsie. I think he became wood. <laughs> yeah. I think he became a wood versus exploding wood. All right. Uh, <laughs> we'll go with that then. Great. Uh, we get to see uh, Emma's a bit of a teacher to them. She uh, She's there to kind of develop their minds. I guess her her psychic power, she's there to help them build theirs as well. Or psionic. What kind of powers do mutants have? Brain powers? Yeah, brain powers. Okay. X. Penal powers. <laughs> I mean, they've got some great penal powers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, part of how she does this is uh, she's like, we're going to train your brain. And she pulls out some sheets of paper and oh, yeah. she has... Uh, magic eyes on them mm-hmm. i didn't get this whole thing she so they're supposed to stare at the magic eyes and get a password but the whole thing is she's there to try and train their mind she gives them a textbook to study about uh met- mutant metaphysics it's something she wrote herself mm-hmm. while she's working for the government on her dream projects mm-hmm. and the kind of whole thing they're establishing here is that if mutants get strong enough they can open the dream world which is like an alternate dimension from our own like there's this whole thing about where she's like i'm going to train you to use your mind to access the dream web which is this alternate dream world but what was weird about it was it it wasn't as if they're all psychic mutants she's a psychic mutant and they're just mutants with stretchy skin and and eyeballs that let you see naked ladies well what was that why do they get to dream travel i think that's the only reason why that magic eye scene existed was to show that jubilee is good at psychic things and then angelo's secretly good but not telling anyone because he's writing down the answers but not outing himself that's true he secretly is he's more than just some stretchy skin Mm -hmm. he's got (laughs) a brain is this the scene where they have they have one of my favorite lines of the episode where i don't know who the character is luke i'm sure you wrote it down uh, they said, I'm giving you genius and you're giving me jock itch. Yeah, that's that's the line. <laughs> I yeah. missed that line. Yeah, there's so many of those. That's my favorite one, though. Oh, very good. So while they're kind of going about their day-to-day, we kind of, they, this is what we've seen. We know they get some sort of weird psychic training. We know they do this physical activity. We know they have to work on Cerebro. Mm-hmm. At some point, they're basically offered the chance to go into town. So they're given a Jeep to drive into town and we get to see them sort of for the first time, leave the school and kind of interact with people. There's a little bit of a shopping trip where we first see the woman's muscly body. Mm-hmm. We um, we get to uh, see Angelo wandering around. He, ca- he catches the eye of a young townie girl who... Uh, they do call them townies, which is mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Well, You've been at this school for a day. You're not... It blew my mind. I mean, 
Those people are town. <laughs> I guess. I was just glad that the town was um, ever so slightly more populated than the school. But va- <laughs> slightly, yes. Yeah, slightly. Yeah, there were 10 high school students <laughs> instead of five. <laughs> we. Uh, also, is it a time warp? I could not figure out what year it was supposed to be. How come the town ju- was like just 1950s? That, it's, it's just any, that. It's any time. Yeah, it's any town. And it's that classic thing where like bullies wear letterman jackets and right. women wear poodle skirts for some reason it was just they do weird because they were buying like 90s like neon tight outfits that were there's a little bit even if you watch the street scenes you'll see cars from literally like every decade lining the streets yeah and the truck that uh, old skin leaves in is like a 1940s truck yes yeah. no no it, it, they're definitely toying whoever did the set design was just like let's just make it indistinct Everything? indistinct mm. but we we sort of get to see them basically on the town shopping scene uh we see kurt talking to mondo and he's reading a, a muscle magazine called uh, thongs and muscles yeah i love that where he reveals his uh sort of fetish for uh, very well-built ladies and uh, he happened to figure out that arlie is one of them when he copped a feel during the football game yeah predation like number 55 of this episode <laughs> <laughs> and uh well they're sort of in there and they're in this little 50s diner and he's telling him this mondo is uh Meanwhile, making eyes at a townie, a townie football player across the room, but not like sexy eyes or oh, is angry it? eyes. Or is it? I would argue. Yeah, I'm not sure. There's there's a little bit of sexual tension there. What they were pounding like hot oh, dogs. Oh man, were they pounding well, those hot again, dogs? Again, <laughs> that that was the second naked gun joke I was hoping for because the scene is one guy's eating a hamburger, the other guy sees him eating a hamburger, so he has to eat more of a hamburger faster, yeah. and then it keeps they keep one upping each well, other. Well, yeah, it, but I was hoping it'd be like a long sausage and then a longer one, and then eventually <laughs> they're just doing it. <laughs> but but it didn't get there. Yeah, no, no it's a weird scene because they are like they don't speak, but they're like mad dog each other across the room yeah so strange and it's not that they're eating faster one of them just takes a big bite of a burger and the other one takes a bigger bite of a burger yeah. and the next one's like well watch me shove this whole ice cream cone into my mouth and he's like oh yeah well watch me eat this milkshake in two seconds mm-hmm. and it's strange because no one else is noticing like they're sitting across the restaurant from each other also it has there's no point to this you no. could take this whole thing out of the movie there's no point there's no it's not like better. later on they're like by the way um i have an eating disorder no or no. or by the way I love that guy. Yeah. And I didn't know how to express it. So I ate a lot of hamburgers. It's, it's just, just a... character development for Mondo. <laughs> yeah, it's character development. Yeah. <laughs> we know now he's angry and he loves to eat. Yeah. yeah. He loves to eat. He it's loves the like shaved a, meat. Like a wild dog. Like if you look him in the eyes, he's like, oh, and just immediately goes very aggressive. That's true. Uh, the the towny girls, the one of which has uh, been making eyes with old Angelo on the street. Kayla. Is that her name? <laughs> her name's Kayla. That's <laughs> yes. a great name for Tony Girl. What's her name? I believe it's pronounced Kayla. <laughs> uh, they they join the the football players in the fifties diner, and Angelo's not far behind. And because he's stalking her, maybe he's weirding just, the girls out. Well, one of them's into one it. One is weird, and one is one is weird. But her friends don't not. like it. Her friends don't like it. Kayla like, loves it, but the friends don't want it. <laughs> Kayla's around. friends don't like it. No. So uh, they they tell their their football player boyfriends like, hey, this guy's been following us around. So. They're like, hey, you're a new guy in town, right? Why don't you come join us? But it's 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 a weird setup where they so he strange. he joins them at the table, and the uh, banana split they've already been served is sitting there, and they shove his face into a banana split. Yeah, it's one of those like high school bullies that exist only in TV. Not yeah. that bullies don't exist, mm-hmm. but this particular kind of bully that's mean for no reason other than they just need to be mean mm-hmm. to set up a villain that in this. Doesn't, doesn't mean anything it's completely inconsequential yeah this is just supposed to show they don't fit in anywhere yeah these, these regular kids don't like them and i think that to show that they could use their powers but they can't they, they can't they're so yeah. tempted yeah. well to that's just it fireworks them all mondo and kurt see this whole thing <laughs> yeah and they don't do anything and neither is angelo they all accept it's like hey 
this is a special privilege to be outside of the school. And you know what? No I, fight backs. As a mutant, sometimes you get your face put into ice cream. <laughs> so, hey, it's a treat. Yeah. Get a little ice cream out of it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do, can you stretch his tongue really far and like all over his face like a cartoon character and wipe it? That absolutely. He absolutely can. Yeah. I and promise that might have been can. his only recourse based yeah. on his power. <laughs> all right. Now that we've kind of talked about the life at Mutant Academy, I'm going to segue us off because we haven't talked at all about Russell Thresh, the villain of this piece. Zoot suit. I have so many notes. Because it has been five years since he was fired by the government. And since then, he seems to be working for a corporation's marketing department. <laughs> it's it's really odd. So is there a succinct way of explaining what this company's marketing yes. attempt is? It is. Uh, he is building free market mind control. That is exactly what they say. Oh, there you go. He is. Uh, it's basically... He's building brainwashing techniques to get people to buy products. And it's been going really well. His boss, Bill, very happy with the progress Billy they've been boy. making. Old, old <laughs> Billy boy. But as we've seen before, the brainwashing seems to be just his head appearing in a screen and telling people to keep buying stuff. Yeah. That's it. And people do. Yeah. They're like, I can trust this guy. <laughs> but I think they don't see him. Yeah, I think you're not supposed They're to not see supposed him. To, yeah. I think only mutants can see him. Yeah, and that's the idea is that humans mm-hmm. aren't seeing it, but the mutants like Jubilee are able to pick up on the subliminal right. messages. Have we mentioned this is a bit of a loud performance? From uh, Jim Carrey? Yeah, Jim, from, yeah. Yeah, he, he okay. is huge in every moment of it. He is like giving it his all. Like the director is obviously telling him, it's like, bigger go bigger and he's just like all right like he can't can walk go huge yeah he can't walk across a scene without no. like kicking his leg up and screaming and no. doing a little dance yeah it's wild it's and great i they've love done it. everything they possibly can to support it in his costumes and the fact that his office that he sits in is just like rotating carnival lights everything yeah. he's, is rainbow color he's a madman and he needs you to know it he's like <laughs> out of his mind and he's having a great time yes um so he's been doing these things, but his his real secret passion is not mind control. His secret passion is he's trying to rebuild the dream machine that he was working on with Emma Frost mm-hmm. for the government because he wants to go into people's brains and become what he describes as a free market omnipotent super being. He's basically getting the corporation to pay for the building of this machine because he says, I'll go into people's dreams and tell them to buy your products. In the meantime, I will be this super cool guy who lives in dreams and if I can get my hands on a mutant brain like I want, one of those sweet, sweet mutant brains, mm. I can use that and the machine to open a doorway between the dream web and reality and combine the two? I don't I don't understand if he wants to combine them or not, to be honest. At some point, he says that's his plan, but oh. it's weird. It's because he's, and it, in his mind, I guess he's going to be this super and then he'll just rule God? everything i guess yeah i guess i think that's his idea okay and why why does he why does he want to do this why is this his lifelong dream now franny well he did scream about emma frost that's the only thing i can really remember that's it he he's doing it all for revenge because he's gonna get that psycho slut mm. who humiliated him oh that's mm. right yeah he does yes. say psycho slut that age well says is a is a nice way of putting <laughs> it he shrieks to the gods that she yeah. is a psycho slut and yeah. uh having his uh peanut gland humiliated by her he's yes. gonna get his revenge yes and he's gonna ruin humanity in the process <laughs> his his boss bill of course is um terrified const- <laughs> terrified but he's constantly dropping by the office to say hey are you ready for uh, the big board presentation <laughs> uh big board presentation coming up uh, please don't mention your dream machine at the board presentation. Uh, you're scaring people. Mm-hmm. Um, Russell, please, please, Russell, don't do that. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I, I don't also, know. would you trust a guy who's constantly like doing backflips while talking to you? Like, <laughs> like, can you just tone tone it down, Russell, a little bit? He's like, just constantly. Yeah. I, why didn't Bill just do the presentation? <laughs> I know. I know. Before Russell starts m- manipulating people's dreams, I don't know why he is even connected with this marketing thing. Well, he was hired to run mind control. He's just talented. Uh, uh, He built. He he basically showed up and he told Bill, "I'll get do brainwashing or mind control for you, so people buy stuff." And he's made Bill very rich. So they heard about his his terrible, uh, disreputable work and were like, "We want it for businesses." Yes. Okay. Yeah, and, he, and he showed up in a red power suit. And they said, I don't, "That's right. the man." I don't and know if he you screamed at them and did ten <laughs> cartwheels. <laughs> I mean, and they're too scared to let him. This not thesis the job, falls maybe. apart a little later, but in all his scenes with Bill, he talks about a free market mind control. He's going to be the uh, a free market omnipotent being. The villain of this show is capitalism, mm-hmm. not anything else. There, this seems to be the idea that capitalism is evil, and the only thing anyone seems to want to use these powers for is to get people to buy stuff yeah go shopping go shopping virtual fighter virtual (laughs) fighter i wonder if that's why the board meeting was also the roof of a mall what was that room (laughs) oh so classy it was very (laughs) lots of glass (laughs) yeah um we finally do get to this board meeting though where where russell does make his presentation and he's very handsy at the presentation um I like that at some point he grabs the head of one of the board members mm-hmm. and then pokes his forehead. And I'm just like, you can't, you can't touch the board member that but, way. But the guy doesn't respond at all. He's just all like, I guess I'll let him do that. I, I think he's just so, he's caught so far off guard. What, what are you supposed to do? Was well, that the person that he outed for wanting to buy women's clothing? Well, that was another person he, because yeah. uh, he says, to prove to you that my dream machine works, that I'm not supposed to talk about, I went to your dreams, like you, man who wants to wear women's clothing. And the guy's like, I'm so embarrassed. Yeah, he does nothing. But uh, his big thing to prove to them that his idea of dream control is going to work. And I don't even know if this makes sense. He it goes makes, into no, the, it doesn't. He goes into their dreams and plants a suggestion. <laughs> He's like, at 10 a.m. today, something is going to happen. It's going to prove to you yeah. all. Because you're all going to do the same thing at 10 a.m. 4 p.m. Let me just say. Watch the tick let tick. me just stop here. This is the greatest scene I knew, in cinema history. I knew Jordan. <laughs> I knew he would be so excited. He'd be like Mondo. He would have touched a rock. And he'd be just well, here's, hard. Here's what it was me watching. I'm I'm watching the screens on in one wall. I'm looking at a fly this way, and there's there's a something happening outside. This scene happened. Boom! My attention is on the screen, and I'm back in. So we get a countdown of this clock. The last ten seconds before it hits, and and the moment happens. And what this, the what he's planted in their minds <laughs> is at ten or four, depending on what time it was. They will all in unison fart and burp. <laughs> And 12 people around a boardroom go into a sequence where they're all farting and burping. I, no, they're having full-out accidents, I think. I don't know. I think they're some fully... Of them, some of them are wetter than others. <laughs> but it's 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 glorious. It's wild. It like, is someone wrote Someone wrote this and said, yes. Then they gave it to someone else and someone else said, yes, I'll make this magnificent yeah. bastard. And then somebody had to go into an audition room and do yeah. their best face yeah. as if this is happening to them. So like you're farting, <laughs> go, yeah. No, no, it's worse. It's worse. The farting's worse. It's worse. <laughs> well, what I like is too. All the actors are like, you don't want to be doing this. It's it's awful for you. So every they're all having those pained looks on their faces as it's happening. It's terrible looking. They're having a terrible. time. It's the embarrassment. It's it's so embarrassing. And they're all staring at each other in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no one tries to do anything except look directly into their colleagues' eyes. So. After the board meeting wraps up, and I guess Russell goes on his way. After uh, he refers to everyone as gentlemen, and the one lady looks at him. 
Um, the the board the board members decide uh, they are not impressed with this uh, technology. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, honestly, though, how many times have you gone to a pitch meeting where you've tried making everyone fart, and they go at the end like, you "Want to give me something? Give me money, maybe?" Well, it's very funny because though capitalism is pretty poo to pooed on in this in this movie, pretty poo pooed. Um, they they're so worried about the ethical ramifications of being able to make people fart on command mm-hmm. that uh, they tell Bill, "Hey, you got to fire him, and you got to report him to the authorities, or we're gonna do it." And uh, this actually pulls out to reveal that Bill's actually dreaming about what happened that day, and Russell has in has invaded his dream and is now seeing that he has been fired and is being reported to the authorities. And he punishes his boss, Bill, by convincing him in his dream that he can fly. And then we cut back to reality and we see Bill walk out the window of his apartment building. Yeah, I really got confused. I was like, is, this, is he sleepwalking? Did he make I, I him think, sleepwalk? I think that's what's happening. Bill falling from that apartment building, though, was the best. <laughs> it was the longest fall. Yeah, so many shots going. of him, like his arms <laughs> flailing around. It just kept going and going. And I kept waiting for the moment where they like show him hitting a car or something but they never show the impact like it just falls falls for <laughs> he's falling forever they just keep cutting back to him he's still falling, still falling. Yeah, the later. <laughs> so what we have here is russell's in the dreams we can finally dovetail after all this time our two plot lines are finally going to come together because back at old uh xavier school for the gifted angelo's on computer duty with cerebro that day logging all that data and while he's looking around the blueprint of the school he finds a room that he can't access, a room G110. It's been locked on him. Mm-hmm. So he's going to hack his way in. Yeah. But does he hack his way or he like hacks his way into making a card somehow? Yeah, he basically gets a security clearance. Do you remember how he knows how to hack a computer? Oh, I do. No, how does please, he Please tell me. It's my favorite. Um, because he did emails for gangsters. Yes. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't remember that line. Picked, I had so many Gmail jokes, I couldn't even contain myself. He picked up this trick running email for the Barrio local gangsters. Yeah. Wow. He, he was well, He was running email? He was running email. Mm. And so that's how he knows how to hack a computer. Mm-hmm. Checks out. Yeah, he's a street tough, but he's smart, you know? <laughs> so with this key card, he goes and checks out this locked room to see what what they're hiding on him. And inside, they find uh, Emma Frost's dream machine. Which looks just like a dentist chair. I thought it was a sex chair. Whoa, interesting. <laughs> um, make, make some awkward dental uh, visits. Yeah, I was going to say, we've had different lives. <laughs> well, Jordan goes to a dentist that puts him out every time. <laughs> with this dream machine, he goes and he... Uh, recruits jubilee to come test it out with him because they're the only friends they each other has at the place and jubilee goes in first and uh she wants to go see uh check on her parents dreams and find out why they hate her so much for sending her to the school i got really excited we might see an asian character in her dad i thought so yeah we didn't oh really yeah i did not think that was gonna happen (laughs) yeah no but I got a question about this scene. So basically, it's her and the parents are basically like, we don't love her or whatever they're saying. It doesn't matter. Well, they say, they don't say that. They say they love her and yeah, they well, say they miss her. It doesn't matter. And it makes it up to her. It's inconsequential. But they're seeing the scene. But is he talking to the mom the mom in a, in a picture? In a photograph? Yeah. Because it's just in dreams. Dream. They're in their dreams. Man. Oh, that's what it was supposed to be. It's a dream, man. 
They're in their dreams. So she's in. Oh, it's stupid. In one of their dreams. She's in one of her parents' dreams. Yeah, it's unclear which one. I'm assuming the dad because he was the one not in a picture, but it is unclear which one. It's unknown. unknown. It doesn't really matter. Nothing matters. No. Russell will show up and uh, creep on her a little bit, and so she jumps out of the dream machine. She's a little freaked out. I did not understand how they can see each other in the dreams, which well, is really a core element. They're, they're in the dream web. Yeah. Which is another dimension, and since he's transported himself in and they are they're both basically two people just walking around how do you find each other yeah i mean it's there's so many dreams i think the idea is it's just so strange for two like consciousnesses to be in there they're just attracted to each other okay you're helping the plot out i am helping yeah, the plot out, but you're I, I being kind that is I, th- I felt was the idea is that like you can't be go there and it's a small small place okay Angela will then take his turn next, despite warnings not to go in because there's a creep inside of there. Mm-hmm. He'll go uh, take a little peepsy in on his town and girl's dreams. Yeah, gross. Yeah, he's unfortunately a little bit rapey. It, they right? all are. Yeah. This is the clearest example, but it's consistently throughout the thing. I think they're grooming us so that when this happens, it's not as awful, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Classic 90s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, while he's checking out his town and girl, Russell shows up and he's like, oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, you like that lady? Uh, want me to go ask her out on a date for you? And he's like, would you do that? And so he's like, yeah, yeah. And he walks in. He's like, hey, go on a date with my friend. So I didn't understand, though. The point is to convince someone in a dream of a decision they'll then make in, in real, real life? life. Yes. Okay. It's planting subliminal you're pl- messages. You're planting a suggestion. But don't they still remember the dream? No, it's Inception. Because it's subconscious. All right, whatever. Jordan, it's Inception. <laughs> All right, yeah, that it's great. It's totally kosh. However they say that later. They got totally kosh. Don't remember, but I believe it. I wrote it in caps. Oh, good. <laughs> it's a good, good, another good slang. Dazzle, yeah. Kosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dazzle, Kosh. We hop back to the real world here, and um, Russell's being arrested while he's in this dream machine. Oh, right. So he's chatting with Angelo. There, he's set up a nice date for him. He's gonna have a nice date with this young lady. But uh, the cops show up to arrest him. I presume for the murder of his boss, and/or I guess the board reported him. But yeah, they got he got arrested for forcing people to fart. Yeah, <laughs> classic yeah. misdemeanor. Yeah, so Some sort of kidnapping, body napping. They something. don't know his consciousness is in the dream web, so they pull him out of the machine, and we cut back, and Russell's getting like pulled through a wormhole back to his consciousness, but old uh, old Stretchy McGee grabs him and pulls him back in the dream world, and uh, Russell's consciousness is separated from his body now. Mm-hmm. He is now a purely dream being. <laughs> Yeah, and mm-hmm. he gets to do a lot of, uh, when you see him in real life, he gets to do a lot of uh, eye-blinking acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so his character is like in a waking coma of some sort, his his real body. They like take him to some sort of psych ward, some minimum security psych ward. Yeah. And we won't talk about him again, but what is up with his orderly? The orderly's creepy the too. Orderly. Everyone's creepy. He like... I started really Googling the, that. The orderly who came was like, point. eat your food, why don't we... And he's like jamming the food in his face yeah. and he's being all creepy about it. And then they, he at least has three scenes where... It's like, like, is he molesting him? Like, that's almost what they've I'm implied. Glad he I, I don't include into this messaging. <laughs> I, I don't think that's what it is. Because what happens when he walks in? He's just like, I'll get you by the end he of it. he yells, <laughs> he yells at the comatose body for faking it. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to feed you. I know you're faking it. Feed yourself. Like he's basically just like doesn't believe anyone in this place yeah. has what they say. I think he might be molesting him. I wouldn't be surprised at all. <laughs> Well, the introduction to the fun, safe school where all the mutants get to hang out and play together is a strip search. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectly normal. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's I mean, I went to school in the and... 90s. I'm, I'm That's so, what happened when I'm, I went to school. I'm so glad we still do the retinal scans before guests come on this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, it's a, anyway. 
Did we go to the fair yet? Well, that's a, this is where we're headed, basically. Okay. Um, I started kind of losing track of what was happening. <laughs> because he's basically trapped in the dream world. They're back there. And, you know, he set up this date going on with this dream girl's going to... He knows he's going to get a date with her later down the road. And right. Kurt, meanwhile, as we know, very attracted to Arlie's hard body. <laughs> he's got those big muscles. Her muscle and thong. She, yes. she, uh, he asks her out to go to the carnival in town it's a classic carnival very sweet mm-hmm. there are rides there are games there's food it's all there let me give this to the show for a show that uh, the vast majority of this looks really bad the carnival looked all right looked like a carnival there was it was at least populated you recognized carnival games so i was like okay this is for once it's something that Their actually town looks okay scenes are all full of people like that's the thing it's like it's just their weird interiors where there's just not enough people in them yeah mm-hmm. to sell the idea to school anyway mm-hmm. i mean later at some point they'll say They'll make a joke about how there's only six people at the school. Like they, they're also yeah. aware of how few people are at this weird school. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, the carnival was all right looking. At the carnival, they all kind of break off to do their own thing. Monet, the perfect mutant, uh, she's wearing <laughs> quite an outfit, quite the leather outfit. What is she wearing? Is it leather? I thought she was just in like a sports bra and well, she's leggings. got a le- she's got a leather jacket on oh, yeah. with leggings and kind of like just a halter top. I think it's a sports bra. It could be a sports bra. Yeah. And uh, she she's out there. She's playing carnival games, and then uh, like a gang of a gang of leather teens show up, and they try to impress her by playing a game where you punch the punching bag, and she's just like, "You think that's good? Watch this!" And she punches it and explodes the punching bag. Mm-hmm. They're being creepy though. She had to do it to make a. Commitment. Well, they're also 1950s street toughs. They are. They are. Yeah. Well, here's the thing though. After she does that, she wins them over, and they follow her around for this though. And when she loses them later, when she gets rid of them, she'll be like. Get out of here, fun boys. They are her fuck boys. Like, she basically is <laughs> just like... Did you call them fun boys? Yeah. I am using that now in 2019. <laughs> she was just like... When she sees something happening there, she's like, all right, fun boys, get out of here. Like, she just like dismisses them. <laughs> so they show she up to flirt with her so and she's just like, you're my fuck boys now. Let's go. <laughs> and this is like one of her only scenes in the show. Um, we then we then get to see a little bit of uh, Jubilee and Mondo, who the only thing they're doing at the carnival is I think they're stoned. And they're just mm. eating food nonstop. Yeah, I think that's your. I actually didn't even realize it, but I think yeah, that is what they're implying. No, I think that it was a very subtle joke. And I'm not sure if maybe they had cut a scene and cut it out, but like, they just seem like I'm like, yeah, they're high. They're high at a fair. Okay. And of course, Arlie and Kurt are going on their date. They take a little Ferris wheel around, and then they go uh, for a little makeup set, makeout session in mm-hmm. the in the van. And uh, as things are getting started, um, as uh, <laughs> as as Kurt starts getting aroused. His powers kick into full power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's able to see her naked thigh. Mm-hmm. So he calls it all off because he's too embarrassed. He doesn't want to do that to her. Mm-hmm. And he runs over and tells Mondo. He's like, Mondo, my powers are working. When I made out with her, I saw her naked thigh. Did he say thigh? Yeah, he did say thigh. I don't remember hearing thigh. Yeah, he said it very specifically. Okay, good. Because <laughs> he was just like, this became the whole thing. is like he didn't want to see anymore. Okay. Um, but while he's telling Mondo this, which obviously Mondo's just like, awesome dude yeah. you're doing thighs. it thighs yeah. thighs thighs, like, go, thighs. Back, go back go back mondo i love it. thighs of chickens i'm eating one right now <laughs> mondo loves food yeah. but arlie Whoa. over what happens does Mon- okay sidebar does mm-hmm. mondo have to consciously decide to become the thing what happens when he's just eating stuff is he well chickeny? well chicken is just flesh so he's just himself ew <laughs> ew that is gross right he's like cold cooked chicken yeah i mean your body's just flesh jordan yeah i know that like chicken is mm. muscles but it's just the same. Same as you. I don't think it is the same. It's the same as you. Marshmallows. Jordan, 
the difference between you and a chicken <laughs> is very very minor um <laughs> can, I, can i make one comment though when they're in the scene uh, kissing and she tells him to take off his sunglasses oh she yeah. goes she goes can you take off your sunglasses because i feel like i'm kissing quentin tarantino yes that's <laughs> that shocking and, and my point was one obviously quentin tarantino big name and obviously you know it, it's he mid-90s. does wear his sunglasses all the time. but like does he did he wear he sunglasses did, all the yeah, time he did. Did that he was his thing phase? oh okay. yeah there was a phase where that was I think when you saw Quentin Tarantino, he's a little bit like, I think that has eased off a lot over time. But I think in those early days when he was like mm. hot commodity, I think when you saw him a lot, he was like looking real cool. Mm. No bleach blonde um, hair, I don't well, think. Well, but, but it does. Uh, there's another scene coming up later. And another thing that hasn't uh, aged well is one of the insults. One of the kids calls another one. Well, that's basically that's what I was going to say is, you know, Arlie finds out because she's overhearing him telling Mondo this stuff. So she gets very offended that Kurt saw her naked thigh mm-hmm. and whether i don't ha- think she knows that it's just a thigh no no, no, no. you might be she right she thinks that he's she like, thinks was it might have been more mm-hmm. um but she's offended that it happened mm-hmm. and uh they are all we all haven't talked about yet what angelo's been up to mm-hmm. he's of course the key to this because he's one around the fair and he sees his townie girl what's her name kayla <laughs> and uh kayla sees him and she's just like hey it's you we should go hang out and like uh really sorry about my friend shoving your face with that banana split. And I actually thought his response is really good. He's just like, it's totally fine. And she's like, she's like, no, it's not cool. Like I should have stopped my friends. He's like, listen, sometimes when you have friends, you just got to put up with shit. Like it's like, he's like, when I was growing up, I, you know, people get beat up. Like he is remarkably cool with the whole thing. He's just like, I get it. You're trying to fit in. No problem. Let's hang out. And it's very funny because when we see her initially, it seems like she's kind of likes him Mm -hmm. and she would go out with him. Mm Mm-hmm. By introducing the idea that this date is forced upon her, it's kind of like makes it awkward the date, even though it seems like she would have gone on it anyway. It's, yeah, it's she probably weird... would have said yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I do yeah. think as poorly written as this this is, that is the idea there that he could have just been himself, could have just asked yeah. her out, and they probably would it's have had a, a nice date. Mm-hmm. But he's been creepy about it, mm-hmm. so everything's a little weird mm-hmm. now. Uh, it's they still don't pretty ex- wholesome. Yeah, so they don't execute that very well because of it's they, not good. But I think that's what they're. It's going just for. the time. Like they don't know. I think the thing is like ideas of consent aren't talked about in these kind of shows in '96. So like I think they're just like, oh, it's very wholesome. It's nice, and it's like they're yeah, going on a date. I feel like they're like this one's okay because she likes him already, so it's fine. And I got the vibe when he was like, oh, don't worry, like people are dumb or like friends are stupid, whatever. I felt like he was very much like, I don't care, I'll say anything. Let's hang out. Let's go make out because I know you're a guaranteed interesting me right now oh really i i didn't feel that way i thought she was he was literally like don't feel bad about it like i hope i I, I felt like because he totally talks about it like i grew up in a rough place and like we would jump on kids running emails it was crazy yeah he was running those emails (laughs) beating up kids for the local barrio gang just three at a time because it's so stretchy Um, but yeah they go in this nice little hey skin come out play i can't i'm running all these emails (laughs) someone's got to run these emails that neighborhood like had it like where was he in someone's basement and it doesn't matter doesn't matter they go on a nice little date they're trying to avoid her friends because they don't want to like mm-hmm. get into it with them but of course they eventually bump into her friends where all the trouble starts and as jordan was referring to earlier they uh start throwing around the word retard yeah in a way that you do not see anymore <laughs> yeah it 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 Real made me it's one of those things where from the past. it is funny how it's not it's not look it's not funny but it's interesting to see how different words are used in a different time. I remember watching Slapshot, which has Paul Newman in it. Mm-hmm. And I won't say what he says, but there's some 
very anti-homosexual language used in the movie that is so surprising and coming from Paul Newman. And this is a late 70s movie. He's the hero of the movie. And he's the hero of the movie. Mm. But it's just the dialogue has changed. And that's not to forgive anything in this, but it's one of those things where now that you're watching it, it's like a smack in the face. Like, geez, what did they just say? Well, I mean... To be fair to the heroes, like it is that they do give it to the villains and they're supposed to be villains yes. that do it. But like, man, you do not hear that word get tossed around as much as it happens in the next like 20 seconds. Yeah. You're just yeah. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, no, and not only do they say it, he does it. Also, he takes lessons from the Jim Carrey acting school. Like he really gives it. Then he's like, Rrr. I was like, okay, well, we get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's really something. And obviously a fight breaks out now because the other mutants see it and Mondo will pick up a rock and the lead bully will try to punch in the face and hurt his arm and... There's, you know, a whole kerfuffle at the uh, at the old carnival. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, they're all arrested and <laughs> dragged off to the local jail. <laughs> and um, what what decade is this jail from? It's really weird looking. I mean, we, I think we've established there's no time in yeah. the show. There's and, just no yeah. time. Because like the one that Jubilee goes in the beginning is like, I don't know what it was. It was like a dream sequence jail. And then this one is also like that. I don't know. It's just... It, it, an alternate reality is where their their world is. They're I guess. a comic book. Yeah, comic I guess. Book. Welcome to Anytime US mm-hmm. exactly. Canada. Um, Emma, in Canada. <laughs> Emma drops by and she uh, she bails them all out and brings them back to the school. And she uh, ga- they gather them all together and they're like, Mondo, used your powers in public. You're expelled. And uh, the rest of the kids won't stand for They They have their I am Spartacus scene. Yeah. <laughs> they all stand up and say, well, I did it and you're expelled. And I did it, you're expelled. And basically she's just like everyone's expelled and and sean <laughs> the school is over and old, old sean cassidy banshee's just like uh kind of undermines her and is like hey why don't we talk about this for a little bit he's just like if we expel everybody there's no students here like he says it he's like there will be no students here. but he doesn't say it like that he's like you can't expel the children <laughs> yeah you can't <laughs> before you their powers it's crazy but what i did like was uh emma's just like i'm being so hard on them because I've had I've killed students before and I need them to like get along with each other and I was just like you've killed students before Did she say killed? Killed. And I was just like what was... I think it was a screaming accident. He accidentally screamed them no, to death. No, not Sean, it was Emma. Oh, it was Emma. Oh. <laughs> well, she oh. um she mined them to death. <laughs> with a little pickaxe? Yeah. A little mining? Yeah. But yes, there's sort of this scene where they all they all stand up for each other and they're in trouble, but that's what it's going to be. Of course, what's really weird is they've all just gotten so much trouble. And then, like, they all go to their door rooms. And Angelo is like, I got to go sneak into that dream machine and finish my date. Yep. <laughs> he hops in the dream machine, pops into her dream. They go on a fun date in the jungle, do a little dancing, have a good time. Yeah, they do do that. Have a little kissing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making an unpleasant but, but here, here's But here's what I didn't get, though. The whole point of him going to the dream was to plant suggestions in her mind so she would like not for life. him not for him he didn't know that was possible but but w- what does it matter if he's like kissing her in a dream it's not real i think it feels real hmm but it's not real All right. i think i gotta talk to skin a little bit <laughs> i think i think i have to call <laughs> yeah. him up and yeah. have a chat i think he just wants to have this experience with this girl whether it's it's the real or real not life yeah, okay. or it's just it was, feels like real i life. think yeah it, I, I, I think it was like i'm gonna continue the date we had mm-hmm. and we're just gonna go and have a nice time mm-hmm. of course since he's in the dream world he attracts russell back to him and uh well russell shows up and kind of like was like hey how's it going thanks for trapping me in the dream web what, what are you up to and uh, <laughs> if only he spoke like this it'd be so much quieter and uh what kind of comes out is Angelo sort of it tells me he's like, oh, I don't use my mutant powers to get here. I have Emma Frost's dream machine. And up to this point, Russell's like, oh, I thought mutants could just pop back and forth. 
You got a dream machine? You got Emma Frost's dream machine? We'll tell you what. If you just detach the helmet apart, you can come past the minimum security hospital I'm in, and you can put my consciousness back into my body. That'd be swell. Mm -hmm. And uh, Angelo's like, listen, I'm not going to break into any minimum security anything, so I'm, I'm afraid you're on your own. And uh, Russell, he's not going to stand for that. And this is where he starts going into kind of Freddy Krueger territory. <laughs> yeah. Is this where he pulls out his younger sister? Yeah. He, he basically, he's like, I'm going to, th he threatens basically, I'm going to torment you in your dreams if you don't do this. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and if that doesn't work, and he pulls yeah. his little sister into the dream with them and turns to him and says, what, Jordan? I may be wrong about this. I genuinely forgot. I think I blacked What I out. heard was him saying, I'm going to mind rape your little sister. Yes. He says, I'm going to mind rape your little sister. I, I, bl I literally have no and then, that. I blacked it out. And then he licks her face. Then he licks <gasps> her face. Yeah. I, where was I? Yeah. It you, was bad. It's really, and it's. It's for, what I said the whole, I didn't, okay. I for, made this argument without even remembering that that part was in there. For a show that is trying us. very hard to be sort of PG-13, this is really really dark well this is pg-13 in 96 like I, this is the thing is when yeah you, maybe the language the ideas of like just the ideas of kind of like how boys and girls get along like all this stuff it's all i like it's all i think like in the zeitgeist right like this show nothing felt more like the 90s that we've watched than this show mm. i felt like it, it was hitting all the touchstones of where the culture was mm. <laughs> because it's just like like no one thought twice about him pulling a little girl who's like yeah. eight years old in and saying i'm gonna mind rape her and then licking her face everyone's like yeah, it's because he's a scary villain. He's a bad guy, bad guy. He's a bad guy. He's just like, yeah, yeah you guys, but that's like, that's like a step too far. No, nothing was a step too far. Not, 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 not in this show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Anyways, it's unpleasant. You know what? It was, I was just like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. It, I understand it, why I forgot it. It, it. it really erases the score, uh, the extra point I was going to give it with the farting scene. Like that's gone after that one. Um, so Angela. What if I could convince you they really were shitting? <laughs> oh, that's three points. I, yeah. After this threat, Angelo, of course, complies. He uh, he sneaks out of the school and breaks into this minimum security prison and like gets Russell's brain back into his body. And once Russell's back in, he's like, great. Thank you so much, my mutant friend. I need one more thing from you. I'm going to take your brain out of your head. And he kidnaps Angelo and like drags him back to his lab that hasn't been disassembled by the police yet. Mm -hmm. yeah. Ties him down to, the, uh, to his like chair or whatever he's going to do to take his brain out. And he says, all right, I'm going to take your brain out. First thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. See you later. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think later on uh, um, when uh, old skin talks to someone, I think he says, yes, he's going to do it at dawn. Yeah. It's first thing in the morning. Like, <laughs> yeah. But he means first thing in the morning. He means dawn. literally the first thing in the morning, dawn. So well, he strange. does. I think he actually says he's going to get up the crack of dawn. Yeah. And do it. Oh, wow. And I mean, this is all just to give like, they need time for some sort of people to come save him. Because right. if he just took his brain out, this is the end of the episode. Yeah, I guess. he yeah. dies. It's over. Um, Angelo now. See you at dawn when I'm at my best. When I'm at my best. He'll yeah. be the, you don't want to do brain surgery at your worst. No. Or brain surgery, just taking a brain out. I guess you can do that at your worst. It's fine. What about, um, what about when you're mind raping someone? Mm. Oh, well, it's in a dream world. You can do it any time. Yeah, I think time doesn't matter. Nothing matters. You're always yeah. at your best when you're mind raping. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> um, so uh, Angelo finally learned something from Emma Frost and he enters the dream world via himself he doesn't need a machine anymore he's able mm -hmm. to use his mutant powers to do it and he sort of uh jumps into jubilee's dream and appears kind of as a star wars force ghost and kind of explains everything that's happened and jubilee wakes up emma and uh, sean and she tells them and they gather the team together and they're like all right we've got to go save old skin 
That's also the first time she says his name as Skin. Yeah, this is kind of where they start calling him Skin for out of <laughs> out of yeah. nowhere. In the last like ten minutes. I know it was wild. I'm just like his name Skin now. He comes back. He's yeah. like, "Did you call me Skin? Are you guys call me Skin? I, I don't. I don't think I like that name. Yeah. I'm actually really ashamed. No, too bad. <laughs> too bad we called you that already. It's gonna go find some muy hot chiquita. He's the worst. That was one of his lines. <laughs> what, what did the Irish guy sound like though? Oh, don't you know? <laughs> That's it. So bigger, uh, bigger. <laughs> So, Irish Jim Carrey. So uh, Emma basically has a plan. They're going to get the whole team together. She's going to use her mutant psychic powers to open a dream to the door, the door to the dream world, and then suck his entire the building that Russell lives in into the dream world, so that they can surprise him without him knowing he's in the dream world. It's a good plan. It's it's very complicated, but this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, they open the door and they all sort of stream in, and we we cut back to. The door is very Beetlejuicy. I guess it's dawn now because Russell's standing over Angelo with a drill, basically about to <laughs> shove it into his eyeball. Yeah. And he's like, wait, stop. Angelo, I need to tell you something. You have a terrible haircut. <laughs> and he pulls out a razor. He's like, so before I cut out your brain, I'm going to give you a haircut. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you circumcised? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of those hilarious jokes. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to circumcise him with yeah. a razor. So the joke is it's not enough. Explain it to me more. It's not enough What's that he's going to take out his brain. He's going to take the scalpel mm. and also take his foreskin. Mm. And tell me again. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just... It's, it's wild. The, the show is so... I don't even know what the word is. All the dialogue is just so gross and mean-spirited. Very mean-spirited and extremely sexually charged. Like yeah. any time yeah. they can make anything that's already bad also into some sort of sexual abuse, they add that element. If they mm-hmm. can, they throw it in. I uh, Man, yeah. I, but I think that's just... I think this is... I think you go back and watch stuff from this period. I think you'd see so much of this. I think, you know, I think what it is is know. it's not even so much that. It's a time period where this was the edgy thing. Yeah. We're well, being edgy. Right. We're being, we're being cutting edge. Can you believe what we're doing? Because mm. that's the, it's the weird part. It's like, it's very sexual. It's very cutting edge. All the female characters are a little more empowered than you'd expect them to be. Considering everything that's going on. Like, mm. are they not? In what ways? Well, I would say, uh, besides the fact that they're Arlie, mutant and have powers. Uh, like Arlie is like a fairly well-rounded character. Who's not, to, who's like not putting up with anything. Jubilee is, uh, you know, she's had problems with her parents. She's trying to find her way in this world. Like, I, I think for the most part, it's this weird period of time where like they're trying to fill characters out to be a little fuller, but it's also like, how do we make it edgy and how do we make it cool? And it Maybe. is, I think you're right. Like it's sex jokes. It's, it's like weird, like weird fart jokes. Like everything is on the table basically. Except I would say though that outside of Jubilee saying, hey, uh, skin appeared to me in a dream and everyone immediately knowing what that means. A lot of these characters are, are sexy lamp characters where they could just be replaced with a sexy lamp and it would not change the plot, I don't think. Like, like what's Arlie? He could make out with I disagree. Anything. I disagree. I mean, I would say Emma for sure. Like, she's the one who's like hypersexualized. Yeah, she's hypersexualized. But, I but would, she's more, she has more impact. Mondo's not a character. Kurt's not a character. I would say the strongest characters we see in this episode are probably Angelo, mm-hmm. uh, Jubilee, and I think Arlie has the probably the third in that in that ranking. I don't know. Well, I guess I'm looking more at plot. Like, who's actually doing things that are impacting the plot? And I feel like it's not really the... What about um, all the business people that farted at a meeting? (laughs) What about Jim Carrey? Yeah, what about Jim Carrey? (laughs) At any rate, I mean... I don't know. I need to think about it again. It's a weird show in that... Because we've watched a lot of these shows now. And the female characters in this are far more active. Oh, okay, okay. Far more active. Well, that's terrible, but I'll believe it. Yeah. Um, Because I like... 
this is one of the shows where I was just like, oh, we have. They at least aren't. Le- they're at least and- not going. Hey, we have to go on an adventure. Um, can you just stay over there while we go in the adventure? In that that oh, that's happens constantly. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. Well, that's horrible. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it seems to be three characters who at least have maybe not a lot to do, but they're not there specifically just to be like, hey, isn't she pretty? Let's look at her some more. Okay. I mean, with the exception of Emma Frost. Yeah, right. With the soul. You still have to have at least one. Emma yes. Frost is like such a, like, she's the classic. She is what we're used to in these shows. Yeah, yeah. But she does do a lot. Maybe that's why they went, they doubled down so hard on her costume and stuff because she is, she is saying things and yeah. doing things that are. Oh no, she, she might be like in a position of power. Uh, more cleavage, more cleavage. That, undermine yeah, yeah, yeah. Quickly, <laughs> undermine that quickly. Uh, make her not be able to walk. Quick, quick. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, it's one of these weird things. Having watched so many of these shows, I was just like, at least these characters aren't like as bad as they have been in some of the other ones. Mm. Yeah. Which, uh, that's quite the praise, huh? I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? It's just like, it, it feels right, like well, it's, been, it's incrementally better yeah. than it was 20 years ago. Yeah. This diary isn't nearly as thick as I thought it would be. <laughs> um, You're drinking it, is what I'm saying. What? You're drinking the diarrhea, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Terrible, right? I don't, I have no response. <laughs> it's all going to get cut out. <laughs> it takes five we minutes. haven't started recording yet, have no. we? <laughs> Um, all right, let's get let's get to because basically they're all in Dream World. The mutants right. show up. They save Angelo. There's a, there's a fight with Russell where like everyone's trying their powers out on him, and at some point, Banshee throws him through a wall, and he realizes, oh hey, I'm in the Dream Web where I'm omnipotent. So he makes himself giant and starts threatening them. And I guess Emma's also there. Like it seemed like she wasn't going to come with them, but I guess she had to go stand in the Dream Web to make this happen. Mm, that was confusing. It was it was a little unclear, but. Russell sees her and he's like, well, there's my, here's the person I want revenge on. Ah, the psycho slut. (laughs) So I'm going to head down there. I'm going to head down there and uh, chat with her and sort of like, you know, I don't know what, like he's not even attacking her. He's just kind of like having a convo. Mm -hmm. And Emma basically turns to the team and is just like, I'm going to grab him and I'm going to throw myself into the abyss, trapping us both here so you guys can get away. And, uh, Old Angelo, the stretchy, stretchy skin, he mm-hmm. won't stand for it. So he uses his powers to wrap his arms around her, Stretch Armstrong style. Yeah. Like a ton of, like he, he makes himself almost to like a knot around the, him. The effects are very fun to watch his arms yeah. stretching around him and then throws himself off the side of the web into the abyss. And then we're supposed to think for a second he sacrificed himself, but then like a stretchy arm climbs out of the abyss and pulls himself out. And basically he saved the day. Yeah. They mm-hmm. all, they all get out of the dream world. And uh, that kind of is just like the wrap up of the show. And we, we sort of cut to them right at the end. They're all sitting around playing maybe an X-Men themed version of yeah. Magic the Gathering or something. I wasn't sure what they were <laughs> that playing. That was very confusing. It was the weirdest little game. And then uh, Arlie walks in in a cloud of mist and she's wearing their official X-Men uniforms. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to be like, get ready for what's coming next. Yeah. It doesn't look good though. It's, it's not great. It's all right. It's not great. <laughs> it's... it is just like it just looks like filth like it doesn't look like a lot of a lot of effort went to but it's supposed to get you excited for what's coming next and i thought it was going to be a scene where even though they hadn't seated it i thought it was going to be a scene where she came out being all muscular and was like i'm now confident in my body we've done a mission and now look i don't care this is what i look like Mm -hmm. but instead it was like hey wouldn't it be fun if we have costumes yeah i guess okay yeah and i thought that if they're going to show her, they could have, maybe they bulked her up a little bit, but they could have like really yeah. made it obvious. Like the, that was a very skin tight costume. I, she I did not look super I bulky. Don't, I wouldn't call it skin tight. I looked a little baggy, but 
Yeah, did you think so? Uh, I, I thought it was supposed to be form fitting. I, I should clarify. I thought it was form fitting, and if you're going form fitting, make her puffier. Oh well, right? I mean, I think I think maybe you're right. I think they. I think oh. the costume department just fucked it up. Oh, maybe they just didn't execute exactly the <laughs> idea I, that she, I'm describing. Well, that. she she came out, and I'm just like, I'm like, oh, this is because I was just like, oh, that's not a yeah, that's not a very good costume, you guys. Yeah. But it's true. It is, and it was weird they chose her to do it, considering she's the one who's supposed to have the weirdest physique. Like yeah. they could have chose any of the people. They're like, uh, you, uh, you, I, we can't tell if you're, we still can't yeah. tell if you're big or not. No, very weird choice. But uh, that that more or less wraps up the show. Um, usually, when we get to the end of one of these, we like to imagine what an average episode of the show would look like. But I think it's pretty obvious. Oh my god! I, I think it's pretty much you pick one character. Give them a bit of a give them the spotlight for the episode. Come up with some wacky new villain, and uh, probably some Dawson's Creek stuff mixed in there. Yeah, yeah, some romance. I think that's pretty much that's the magical ingredients. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't decide if the like strange sexually charged nature of everything was specific to stuff that was happening in this episode, or was that going to be part of the the vibe? No, I it think was it, be, I think it was. It the was going to be edgy. It was going to be like that way the whole time. <gasps> <laughs> that was that's the way I just way saw another going. note that about people getting so Russell after he's like threatening to circumcise Angelo he also hits on M he hits on M and is like should I put on the Barry White music like nobody yeah. escapes unscathed yeah it's it's yeah. I mean we only kind of touched on it but the dialogue in this show is bad as it is but then they every second or third line is either something kind of crude or kind of sexual or attempt at being cool or edgy and so it just gives this weird feeling this almost i'm gonna say sinister feeling it's not quite mm-hmm. that it's not, but yeah it's not quite sinister but, but but there's something it's just there's a it's a weird feeling the whole time you're just like Ugh, okay is, guys it is like mm-hmm. why it's just watching something that's just like so out of date you're like yeah whoa, whoa yeah. you guys you can't say that you can't mm-hmm. say that anymore yeah. mm-hmm. my big question though in future episodes is the dream would the dream web be a perpetual thing they visited? I think I think, it, no. I think it would. Oh, you do? You think I think yes. it. Yeah, I think they've spent way too much money on that cobweb. Well, they spent so much. I mean, they spent so much time establishing it that yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, I guess this is going to be a part of the show. They got the chair. They already got one villain they can bring back, how, and they got the cobwebs. How far into it did they change it from show to movie though? Like, uh, I mean, it would have been show when they shot the pilot. So, like, was this like was this actually the pilot? Yes. As a pilot, not to be, and then they were like, "Well, I guess we'll repurpose it as yeah, a movie that's and air exactly it as a movie." It, yeah. Okay, okay, that's exactly. Mm. It. I think they they tested the pilot. They're like, "Ah, we don't know. Maybe we'll do it as a movie and see how we feel about it after that." Kind of thing. Okay. Mm. And they watched yeah. it and they were like, "Kosh, it's Kosh, get it out there. <laughs> Let's put it on." Yeah, then I guess it would be because I was thinking maybe they realized part they threw they were going to swap it into movies, so they just did a big movie idea. But I can't imagine why. Either spend way, that much. Time I think we'd all agree it. it would be a very bad series. I mean, it is funny. Like teen series, like this is two years for Dawson's Creek. Mm-hmm. Like wow, if, if you would if you had like brought in a different showrunner who could like right because they're trying to give him that Dawson's Creek like adulty kind of conversation, but mm-hmm. the person who's writing it is writing adults as like a little more like smarmy and a little more like whereas if it was a little more like smart it might work kind of thing i think if this had been if this had actually been a show i probably would have watched it like i, <laughs> I probably thing, would have is i am surprised it did, i watched it too and i'm just like i'm a little surprised it didn't go to series yeah like at it, this, it, time, in this it's time period wild, in this time period it, yeah in 96 i'm like yeah. this feels a lot like other things i watched in 96 <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm a little bit surprised too um 
I'm going to do some final, some final thoughts here. Anything okay. you want to get out of that you guys can too, if there's anything you want to get out of the way before the end of this, I know we talked about the director directing the nightmare on Elm street mm-hmm. sequel. Do you know what else he directed? It no. matters to us. What? He directed the Omen pilot. Oh, oh really? Which we watched. Yeah. Um, I think I like the Omen pilot better. Interesting. Uh, we didn't talk about it at all, but there's a weird quick scene where, uh, there's a talking head pundit comparing the mutant, uh, the mutants to the AIDS epidemic. Yes, there was. I was like, that's wild. Mm-hmm. They were wanting to be saying something. It's like someone really wanting to show that they're intelligent, mm-hmm. but not taking the time to do any research well, on what they were talking about. And I even feel that's probably just probably lifted out of the comics. Like, yeah, I, maybe. I, I would guess Could that be, yeah. just because from what I read about the Generation X comics, is it was it was literally aimed at Generation X. Like they were like, how do we make an X Men with the same attitudes and kind of preferences as the people who are this age today? Yeah. So I, I feel like probably when I see elements like that, I'm like, okay, that was probably a plot point in a comic that someone just like mm. pulled out entirely. That seems reasonable. Anyway, all right, you guys want to rate these? Mm-hmm. Rate this? Rate this episode? Oh. This this TV yeah. pilot we do Aww. we do it uh, IMDb style since that's where we pull so much of our information so it's out of ten okay um, and generally uh, we like to think about it like not necessarily quality because a lot of the stuff we watch is obviously terrible quality mm-hmm. it's more the idea of like is there something entertaining in here something that you enjoyed is there something you think other people might enjoy like that's kind of where we pull pull the pull the per, the percentage out of okay if that okay. helps you pick your thing and if you want Jordan and I can go first yeah you guys go first I have to mull it over Jordan what do you think. I mentioned the things I liked in this. Um, I liked the two guys uh, eating mm-hmm. and maybe having a relationship while they're eating. I liked the farting scene. And that's it. I'm going to give this a 1 out of 10. One I out of 10. absolutely hated this. Amazing. Hated it. It's one of the least favorite things I've ever watched. And you like Space Rangers. Is, Space Rangers is so fun and way better than this. This is terrible. I thought this was such a weird time capsule from 96. Like I was just like, if I wanted to show everything that was weird and wrong and bizarre about 96 i, I could point to so much of the mm. show that's true it's an eight wow <laughs> i was just like this is the wildest ride everything like i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna defend their choices like there's yeah. a lot of terrible weird stuff but like but if you want to see terrible weird stuff it, here it, it was is. wild yeah he licked a girl's face after threatening to mind rape her i was just like what what is happening here they stripped children down yeah. and then Emma frosted their stand. I'm just like, this mm-hmm. show is out of its yeah. mind. It sounds like a one out of 10 to me. It's, it's <laughs> was so, I was entertained nonstop. Oh, wow. oh. oh. you know, what's funny. This has mm-hmm. come up a few times, Luke, before we get to frames, you and I are seeing these scenes very different sometimes. Like I, I hated it. I thought it was so tough to get through and so boring and so gross and i i hated it i See, hated it and every i minute felt that it. way about space rangers i know and i loved loved it. space rangers. i love space rangers. i thought it was mean-spirited stupid and like annoying to watch and you just described this show i <laughs> say we completely had seen yeah. these days completely different yeah hmm. my gut instinct is to give it a six meet us right in the middle <laughs> i can't because, believe a six and an eight well i i don't know a six in that first of all i would say no one watch it, 
Like, I don't think anyone should. Or no, let me clarify. Uh, watch it for 10 minutes. Get a sense of it. Like, get a sense of what's happening. You have to see this impression of the Riddler. It is amazing. It is. That's true. It, it is, is a great. Truly wild. Like, truly wild. If you watch it just from the, per- just watch it alone from the perspective of this is a human man who is an actor that is doing this on purpose. It is shockingly interesting um but it's appalling also so i have to give it a six because of the why yeah same like the wildness gets it up there and just those choices those i've never seen anything like it except for the riddler so you know if they just took that on like the the dvd cover they just have your quote i've never seen anything like it like what a great review i mean it'd be accurate i've never seen anything like and it my, and mine no. just says dot 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 farting dot yeah. dot dot yeah mm-hmm. i gotta say uh you remember it, what's funny to me is we watched the justice league movie yeah which i gave a one mm-hmm. it's just like such wildly different takes on comic book ideas yeah that's true well that that was a similar time period Probably but, like a three or four year difference, right? But but yeah. they really wanted it to be like friends, and yeah. this they really or, wanted like, it to be like I don't know what it they, was. They want yeah, this, they wanted like somewhere between a Tarantino thing and like yeah. something like that. Whereas that one was like Friends meets Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah, Whoa. yeah, it was bad. If they had made them, even if they had tweaked it so that they weren't teens, like make them like a university thing, I think it would have been a lot. You would just age if you wanted just, just to age up, up just, just a, a slight bit. bit. Stop specifically referencing that they're like 15 years old. That's babies. Did they reference they're 15 years old? Somebody did because I wrote it down. Oh, cool. Some, Jubilee is 15. Oh. Um, how old was the uh, the sister they got mind raped? <laughs> she was like eight. eight. She looked little. Uh, one. <laughs> one out of ten. Yeah, no. I, only if... Just watch the first 10 minutes to see this impression. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Fanny. Thank you. Franny. Wow. Fanny. Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Franny, thank you for joining us. Oh, uh, I'm so sorry that I chose this for us all. <laughs> well, I mean, you made your bed and now mm-hmm. you have to lay in it. Mm-hmm, I did. It was hard to. <laughs> um, and listener, if you uh, have any thoughts on uh, Generation X, you can email us at continuumdrag at gmail.com. There will uh, definitely be a million gifts and videos yeah. from this show because it comes fast and it comes furious. Yeah. And like a lot of the shows we've watched in five second increments, This will be be a fun show. You're going to get a lot of the greatest moments, the greatest hits of this show. Um, So you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Continuum Drag. And uh, that's about it. So thanks for joining us, listener. And Jordan, see you next week. See you then. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rick Seedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes, Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Jane McRae, and Stephen Packard.